We'll fact check you. That's what a lion says. It's true. Now, for our feature presentation. What's your favorite movie? For a lot of people, their favorite movie is something that they have a deep connection with. And I don't think you form a deeper connection with a movie than one that you really loved as a child. So this week, for, for what's our favorite movie, nope, what's her favorite movie, <laughs> we're going to take a look back at a movie that everyone loved growing up. Watch the 1994 movie, Lion King. We watched The Lion King. It's a childhood classic. I think it's safe to say that everyone in this room grew up watching and probably loving The Lion King. It's been a big part of all of our lives. Bigger for some than others. Usually you have a movie that you grew up loving, and as an adult, you go back and watch it, and you're like, this is stupid. Like, it's just for kids. But I feel like... The Lion King has enough all-around humor to where it's still something that you can enjoy long after you've no longer been a kid that likes watching animated pictures. Mm. Uh, I'm always going to be a kid that likes watching animated movies, but True. it's got a lot of adult humor as well as adult themes and stuff that it's not something that you are going to watch with your kids and be like, this is so stupid. Like, it's just an all-around great movie. Yeah, I do feel like um, with The Lion King, Disney did a great job of playing to two audiences. Because there's really no point as a kid where I remember, like, not understanding something. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was stuff <laughs> that I didn't understand, but there was not a lot of going over your, over a child's head with the humor or anything like that. But, I mean, the, the storyline that they go with... Excuse me, my eye is incredibly itchy. But the storyline that they go with is is a deep storyline. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine feeling responsible for your father's death as a child. Like, a jealous brother that'll do anything to get into power. Like, There's a lot of deep themes in this film. A lot of almost dark driving elements in the story. Yeah. While still being, you know, fun and family-friendly. Because obviously they more focus on Simba and what he's doing. So there's, like, the dark spot in his life. But for the most part, it's it's all the Hakuna Matata of his life. All the just fun, carefree stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it features a lot of really, like, recognizable actors. Uh, James L. Jones plays Mufasa. Yeah, definitely know what... Everyone knows James Earl Jones. Yeah, everybody knows James Earl Jones. Um, Jeremy Irons plays Scar. I mean, um, Jeremy Irons plays the new Alfred in the new DC movies. Probably uh, some other stuff, too. He also <laughs> played the villain in Die Hard 3. Yeah. Did so, you know that? Probably. So he's really good at being a villain and a butler. Yes. All right. Uh, Matthew Broderick played Adult Simba, um, probably best known for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Inspector Gadget. That too. <laughs> I've never um, watched Ferris Bueller, so. Yeah, me neither. Inspector yeah. Gadget for me. <laughs> that is Inspector Gadget, not Inspect Her Gadget. 
Uh, Nathan Lane plays Timon. I mean, uh, Nathan Lane's pretty, pretty legendary. I liked him in, uh, what was it, Mouse Hunt? Yeah. yeah. That was a great movie with him. Mouse Hunt was good. The only thing I've seen Nathan Lane in also had Matthew Broderick in it, and it was the remake of The Producers. Yeah. Um, Rowan Atkinson played Zazu. Legend. Yeah. <laughs> Legendary British comedian known for uh, Black Adder and Mr. Bean and Johnny English. Um uh, I had other actors like Whoopi Goldberg, Jim Cummings, uh, Cummings, I should say. Cheech. Um, Cheech Marin, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that's, of people, a lot of good voices. Yeah. Um, I think that that's always kind of a big deal with animated films with voiceover work in general. The voices have to fit. They have to play well with the, the role and, and the characters. The, yeah, the characters yeah, and the exactly. environment. Exactly. Um, Obviously, there is the the racial aspect, if you want to call it the whitewashing aspect of the casting, mm-hmm. um, which is an issue in itself. But I mean, <laughs> Nathan Lane as Timon sounded good. Ron Atkins as Zazu sounded good. Matthew Broderick as Simba was terrible. <laughs> he sounds so soft. Mm-hmm. Their main... Poor baby. <laughs> Their main uh, audience was... America, and it was America in the 90s. He had a very 90s sound to him. Yeah, but I just I just don't believe, as silly as it sounds, I don't believe him as a lion. Sounds like a baby. Yeah, that's fine. If you, mm-hmm. like, are more knowledgeable of the actors, it can, like, get in the way of you connecting with the characters, whereas I don't really know Matthew Broderick as an actor. I don't pay a lot of heed to, like, their history and their uh, filmographies. I just try and take the movie as it is, and it's fine to me. Yeah, no, it's a good movie. I'm not. I'm not questioning the if it's a good movie, and it's nothing to do with Matthew Broderick as a person. He just has a shitty voice to voice a lion. That, that's fair. But it, it it's really not an attack on the film. The it's a classic for a reason. It's you mm. know it still tugs at your heartstrings. It's still a great movie. It's just he's soft softer than warm butter like i just feel like even in the 90s there was people with better voices to voice adult simba maybe someone that didn't talk like this (laughs) yeah pansy i'm sorry Uh, it was directed by um roger allers and rob minkoff uh, who worked on a number of animated works movies and shows and stuff like that um I feel like they did an excellent job. The animation still held up when we watched it on our high definition high definition TV. It mm. didn't look bad. It was maybe not as great as a lot of the animation today, but it still held yeah. up pretty well. For ninety four, it was excellent. Yeah, I was supposed to say. I feel like a lot of the work they did to make this movie in the early nineties, obviously with the release in ninety four, but all the work going in in the mm. early nineties. It was a lot of it was groundbreaking work. It was very well done, very well um, executed from the, the beginning to the end. Lion King. It's Simba's story. Um, kind of um, starts off with Simba as a young lion cub. He's you know carefree and just kind of having fun. Um, you have 
little dust-ups with his dad where Simba does something silly they shouldn't have done and Mufasa kind of sets him straight. And then you've got Scar, who's just kind of... He's not fit to be king, and he's really jealous about it. And so he kind of devises a plan to take Mufasa and Simba out of the picture so that he can become king. Mm-hmm. Um, and he frames Simba for the... <clears throat> Sorry. He frames Simba for the death of Mufasa. And Simba kind of runs and has to get away from everything and just go into hiding. And then, I mean, he's raised by Timon and Pumbaa until he comes of age and the um, Nala finds him again. And he comes back and sets the record straight, kind of saves the day for the whole, all of the Pride Lands. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really Nala who made him come back. It was Yeah, that's true. I apologize. It, no, you're good. It's the Rafiki coming to him and kind of telling him, like, hey, Mufasa kind of lives in you. And then him having a conversation with Ghost Mufasa about his destiny and not just leaving things behind him. Because when people think of the Lion King, they usually think, like, Hakuna Matata. It's, like, the signature line of the movie but it's really not the whole point of the movie it's not like nothing matters it's not no worries it's that you do have responsibilities that you do need to take care of so he comes to terms that yeah shit happened but you need to face what has happened and then take care of your stuff like go deal with scar take your place as king like that's stuff you have to do yeah almost like the most memorable thing or one of the most memorable things about lion king is the exact opposite of the point yeah because it's i mean it's it's fun and it's it's a good time to sing akuna matata and you know all that stuff but really it's it's the opposite not akuna matata and then he has this big uh face off with scar for his place on the throne. And Scar has mentioned before that he is not the most brute lion. He's very sickly, just more evil than strong. Mm -hmm. So he knows he has no chance at a fight with Simba. He tries to fight dirty. He tries to use the hyenas. Tries all sorts of things. And then, in the end, Simba can kill him, but chooses not to. What what's the line that Scar says swimming in the shallow end of the gene pool? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't something I got as a kid, but I mean, you can see that Scar is a little guy. He's yeah. he's pretty thin. He's not gonna stand up against your average lion in a in a tussle. In the original run through of the script, uh, Scar and Mufasa were actually not related. Yeah. So. Um, that's why they are so different, but they thought that having them more related gave more dynamic, and um, that's why Scar's round. Yeah, it was like the, they thought of it as like the thought of the danger within made it a little bit darker and like made the betrayal deeper. Deeper, yeah, exactly. Definitely added a lot more um, conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the story as well. Uh, Simba starts out, you know, he kind of looks up to his uncle. 
Um, that's why he goes off and is talking to him. His uncle obviously leads him into the hyenas. Uh-huh. So, I mean, he had bad intentions to begin with because he feels like he deserves to be king. But... Yep. You know. And then... Um, Scar, you know, you really find out how just how evil he is when he actually kills Mufasa. Along yeah. with the king. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that too. He was fucking saying some cold shit mm-hmm. before killing his brother. Yeah. And then sick the hyenas to kill his nephew, but you know, Simba managed to get away. Mm-hmm. I mean, the movie is obviously for kids and it has kind of like a child-friendly plotline. But I've seen things where it's very similar to Hamlet. It's drawn a lot of um, inspiration from different, like... Um, Tragedies? Well, I w- yeah, but I was going to say it draws a lot of inspiration from things like stories from, like, the Egyptian gods and, like, things like that, where it's drawn a lot of inspiration. It's very similar stories to those kinds of things, those kinds of tragedies. But it's retold in this way that's child-friendly, and I think they did a really good job of executing that to where it's mm-hmm. still fun and lighthearted, but, oh, also, he, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's another one of those movies that has a romance element to it that's not overpowering to the story. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. like, introduce the relationship when they're young, when they're cubs, when they're off playing, when they go to the elephant graveyard, and then it gets strengthened... Um, when Nala finds out that Simba is alive and that they can rekindle the friendship that they had and then some now that they're adults. Mm-hmm. But it's not like any sort of struggle that he has to deal with when he goes up against Scar. Um, he is ashamed, obviously, when all the lionesses find out that he killed Mufasa. He really didn't, but to him he did. Yeah. And then when Scar makes him admit it, then he has to deal with that shame. But then the truth does come out. And yeah, like a full 45 seconds later. <laughs> I was going to say, what a, what a classic villain bad move. Yeah. By like saying, oh, I killed your father before he kills Simba. Dude, just kill Simba. Yeah. Like, Keep that to yourself. It's yeah. that classic... Terrible villain decision. Yeah. Like, oh, I've got you where I want you. Now let me tell you my plan. No! <laughs> no! Kill him! Mm. Kill him dead! And then you win. No loose strings. Yeah, you win! All you have to do is shut up. You won. So, I, I love that little that little trope or uh, <laughs> cliche. <laughs> it's very classic and enjoyable. I mean, it didn't take away from the movie or anything. It just was one of those things where I'm watching the movie as an adult and I'm just like, it's a bad idea. Shouldn't have done that. You should take him out when you have the chance. He'd be a much better villain, babe. Like, Scar could have killed him in the canyon just after Mufasa died. He was there by himself with Simba. Yeah, and then he's... Like, what better opportunity could you have? Yeah, none. He doesn't want to do any of the dirty work himself. No. Yeah, that's basically it. He's, he's like, this kind of works beneath me. I'll sick the hyenas on yeah. him. Yeah. Comes back to bite him, though, because yeah. 
at the end when he gets exiled by Simba, he still gets chased off by the hyenas. The only thing he, he gets, does himself yeah, fucked up by the hyenas. is not let Mufasa up on the cliff. Like, he, uh, it didn't wasn't going exactly how he wanted. He did come up on the cliff. He didn't just die by being trampled. So he's like, hold up, hold up. Okay, bye. Yeah, well, like, even then, Mufasa was, like, beaten and battered because he ran through the stampede to get Simba out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he got hit several times. So, I mean, even then, Scar's just a little bitch. Mufasa's death scene is one of the most haunting scenes in any movie I've ever really experienced. Maybe it's because I did experience it as a young child. So it was like mentally scarring to me as a young person, and then every time I see it, since then it resonates really deeply. But it's one of those scenes that's just heartbreaking every time. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a it's definitely a hard scene to watch. Um, with Simba, you know, you know, crawling up to his dad, curling up with his dad, and just laying there defeated. You can see after. like. Every level of, uh, what do they call it? Like the five stages of grief? Yes. You can see, like, him going through all of that. Like, him not understanding, him calling for help, and then him, like, crawling, crawling up with his dad. And, like, it all happens so quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I miss Mufasa. <laughs> he lives in you. Mm. Not you, Just, but... <laughs> I have a baboon tell you some shit and then make you look into a small puddle of water and then he'll appear in the clouds. All right, I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) It's another theme that I love because when I got this Simba tattoo, I was like, I want a script with it and everybody was saying Hakuna Matata, but like I was saying before, that's not the theme I like about the movie. So I was like, remember who you are is something I want to get with it. Yeah. I think that would fit the movie. I think it fits a the, lot better. It fits the moral of the story. I think it fits the tattoo better. better too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it like, does. Like the sure. real moral of the story is definitely like to remember who you are, but also just like on a, on a side note with the tattoo. Yeah. Hakuna Matata has nothing to do with this portion of his life. Yeah. It's, I mean, with this movie, it obviously we've already touched on it. Mufasa's death scene is going to be the most, one of the most. Touching, profound scenes in the movie. Um, But also, you kind of can't ignore the... Looking into into the water and seeing his face become Mufasa's face. And then Mufasa coming down and talking to Simba. So both, I mean... Change the entire arc of the movie. You know, Mufasa doesn't die. The movie doesn't happen. If Simba doesn't have that moment with his father, he just goes back and continues to live his carefree life. And so I think those, to me, and probably to everyone, are defining scenes. Like mm-hmm. you can't tell the story of Lion King without those without those scenes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I gotta agree. One of the most memorable scenes for me was the the entire scene uh, where Mufasa dies. Because, I mean, it was groundbreaking animation. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, it was very well done, very well executed. I mean... The wildebeest were intense. Yeah, it was a pivotal moment in the film. However, I think my favorite scene um, 
just for also like the sheer amount of animation and work that went into it was the opening scene. Yeah. Um, I think the opening chant. Yeah. When the song. That's just it's so memorable. Every time you see it, every time you hear that song, you're like, oh, Lion King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is. I think that's one of the things that makes it extremely memorable is the opening scene. For me, I there are two that stand out to me the most. Um, the first one is the morning where Simba and Mufasa go out to so Mufasa can show Simba the kingdom, and he's talking about the circle of life mm-hmm. and that whole understanding their place and where they need to be. And then the second one is the scene with Simba and the water and talking to Mufasa's ghost in the sky, but it's spe- more specifically the line, um, you've forgotten me. Because then you get this whole, like, feel of disappointment, and it's it changes the whole theme of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, both those scenes also set up exactly uh, how much reverence Simba had for Mufasa. Yeah, he really looked up to Mufasa. He really mm-hmm. respected him. Um, now, obviously, those are very well executed, very serious scenes that stand out to all of us be for, i mean for the reasons we just touched on they they make the movie uh what the movie is i would however be remiss if i did not mention scar and his nazi hyenas <laughs> what was the decision making that went into openly making them look like marching nazis other people march I think it was maybe just uh, to have more of an impact uh, from the scene. I mean, because, you know, it is a kid's movie. Yeah. There's very little opportunity for you to make a major impact with striking images and stuff. I think that's why they did that. Getting them to compare it to Hitler and the Nazis might just, like, ring that bell just to make you hate them. Ooh, he's a bad guy. Yeah, just to, like put the hate towards Scar even more. Like, you really don't like this guy. Mm. Just kind of hammering that home. It was a beautifully executed scene. I mean, again, anything like that, when you're trying to animate that many moving parts, is going to be difficult, as well as it's in the musical scene for Scar, and it's it just looks good. Like, it is a good scene as well, but, I mean, it was just strange to me to go that route. I think you guys uh, cleared that up for me nicely. Thank you so much. It's a very powerful song and very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Eerie? Just kind of the tone of the whole movie. Spoopy? Yeah. It's got, like, visually as well, the rest of the movie has lots of, like, bright, warm colors, and then this specifically has a lot of greens and, like, blacks Mm. and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of, like, dark browns and just very... Um, kind of toxic looking colors. Yeah. yeah. It's very contrasted to the rest of the whole movie. Yeah. Very true. Right. Sorry, I had to bring it up. No, you're good. That's... I think it's... I thought it was, kind of, I thought it was kind of funny. One of the <laughs> things that people will know about the movie that they probably want to be touched on because they'll be like, did you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, budget... 45 million, pretty decent. 
um, especially for 94. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. A chunk of change for sure. Um, it grossed over 312 million though. It was one of the highest grossing animated films of all time. Yeah. Bank. Yeah. Um, second domestic, um, obviously Forrest Gump's a, a, a big deal of a movie. Yeah. Um, Domestically. Yeah, exactly. Worldwide, it was the highest grossing movie of 1994. And I think that makes sense. I think that this was a was a cute family movie. I think that it spoke to multiple people, like different cultures, different nationalities. It, it And Africa was a big thing in the news at that time as well with Mandela being elected and like mm-hmm. Africa was a big focal point. So it just added to the allure of the, the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was the second domestic movie. It was the f- number one rated um, G movie of the year. And without adjusting for inflation, it's the fourth highest grossing animated movie of all time. So, I mean, it still stands out. Um, all the other movies on that list were made in the Recently. 2000s. And all the other movies above it were made in the 2000s. So this is, you know, minimum. I think it's a minimum of like 10 years difference between The Lion King and the next one. And it's still, I mean, it's still up there with those movies. So that's definitely, and it's, it didn't have the hype or like the, the push that those movies had, or even other movies by the same studio that year. Yeah. It just, it made it there on its own merit. Mm-hmm. The underdog movie. Yeah. Nobody expected <laughs> it to do that good. And it, it killed it on yeah. so many levels. Underdog movie about a bunch of big cats. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely picked up my cat and held it like Simba. Mm. I was thinking movie. about doing that in the camera before, while we were recording, but. You want to grab Johnson? Animal cruelty. <laughs> I don't want to get Peter sick on me. This is a classic movie for a reason. I mean, groundbreaking animation is probably the thing that I'd look at the most. You know, just my view is really, really well animated. Um, most of the voice acting was really good, um, top notch. You know, um, the plot was like a little, uh, like medium, shallow. yeah, like little shallow. Um, but as a kids movie, yeah, animated kids movie, you can't expect much from it. Um, but yeah, overall, I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10. I'd definitely recommend it. It's a classic. Uh, and the thing that stands out most for me is the uh, animation. Soundtrack's not bad either. Yeah. I mean, even if I don't like the songs, it's well mixed. <laughs> but yeah, 7 Alan out of 10. Alan did pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for myself, as a child, this was my favorite movie. Um at least that's what I'm told. <laughs> like forty-five times in one weekend, it was it was insane. I've, I've I've seen the movie a lot as a child. I think as I've grown up, I've gotten to where I would put other animated movies above it. Uh, but like you said, it's a it's a classic. It it's one that stands out. It still holds up. You know, uh, twenty-four years later, you can still watch the movie and still enjoy the crap out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend it to a friend. I'd be very surprised if I needed to, but I would recommend it to a friend. Um, 
more to the point of this movie, I guess, like, if I were to have children, I would, this is a movie I would have them watch, because the kids' movie they're making now are mostly garbage. <laughs> yeah. So I would have them watch watch what I grew up on instead. Um, beautifully made, it really helped shape animated films going forward, everything that they did for this movie. Um, I would definitely have to give it a 7 out of 10. We went to my sister's baby shower, and in one of the gifts, she got a Simba baby blanket, and I seriously considered stealing that from my sister, 100%. I, I even told Ax, and I was like, I need that blanket. More importantly, you considered stealing it from... My nephew. Your nephew. <laughs> I was like, he doesn't even understand it yet. He won't miss it. <laughs> um, yeah. I loved this movie growing up. I love it still now. Um, I think the characters killed it. They were great characters. They were great developed. They had great relationships. Like, there's, other than, like, evil characters, there's not, like, a dull character in the movie. Um, the plot, I disagree. I think it's a great plot even for just a kid's film. If there was a live-action movie that came out next year about a child that was framed for his dad's murder, that would still be, like, a deep plot. Um... I would also recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it. Any person who lived under a rock for the last 24 years would have to watch it. Um, I would honestly give it a 9 out of 10. I connect with it a lot. Fun facts. we got some facts and they're fun. Fun facts! They're facts and they're fun. Yeah! <laughs> There's a lot of interesting things about the movie. Not only about the people that were in it, but, like, the production of it and the fact that it wasn't as... It wasn't expected to be as big as it was. Yeah, yeah I mean, Disney really pushed Pocahontas. Pocahontas is their A movie. This is, I mean, this is the thing that's going to make them money. They had their A team, all of their best animators, everybody that was, like, their highest on Pocahontas. They had their B team on Lion King. Cause Just keeping them busy because obviously they're paying them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And B team ended up making them much better. Much better. <laughs> yeah, it, ev- everything about Lion King is better than Pocahontas. Yeah. No shade of Pocahontas, but everything about Lion King is better. So this was the last um, Disney film that... What was it? Jeffrey? Yeah, Jeffrey. Jeffrey Katzenberg? Yeah. This is the last film that Jeffrey Katzenberg supervised for Disney before going off to start DreamWorks. Um, Which is interesting. I think he ended on a good note mm-hmm. and took that uh, momentum and just made DreamWorks, who makes good movies. So. Yeah, they uh, had Shrek, which is like an internet legend nowadays. Yeah, true. I don't know if there's a more memed animated <laughs> film. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a special screening for Elton John, not just for Elton John, but in a special screening, Elton John noticed that the love song, uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, was missing and lobbied to have it put back in. That song eventually went on to win him an Academy Award. So. And then it was, the beginning was sung by Timon and Pumbaa, and then he had said that he had ruined the movie, but it still played out yeah. very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think he ended up making the right call with having, having the movie Having the song put back in the movie. 
Um, something that I didn't notice that I that I saw when we were looking stuff up for this was that while singing his song, uh, Jeremy Irons kind of messed up his voice. So the voice of Ed the Hyena, Jim Cummings, actually took over for the rest of his song. And I don't feel like there's any drop-off in the performance or even like major differences in the sound. It sounds very similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought that was kind of neat that they were just a little plug-and-play like that. The the line, what do you want me to do? Dress in a who dress, dress in drag and do the hula. hula. Sorry, I'm not an actor, so I don't remember lines. <laughs> uh, that was actually completely improvised by Nathan Lane. Um, Classic and hilarious. One of those cool moments where something um, that an actor comes up with gets put into the movie. I was I always appreciate those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Well, it shows the prowess of the actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's always that's always one of my favorite things about a movie is the things that they come up with, usually on the fly, to to make the movie better. Um, just it shows their talent and their their quick wit. If you don't already know, there's a lot of names and things in the movie that are Swahili words, like Simba is lion, um, Nala is gift. There's another word for gift as well. Yeah, but it's one of those that but, yeah. are interchangeable. Uh, Hakuna Matata, obviously. Um, Does it really mean no worries? Uh, it means something similar, but I that Google Translate's also really weird. It might not get the exact translation. It could be something that could mean that. Yeah. Makes sense. Now, did Scar get his name at birth? Or did they just call him Scar? Does he have a real name? And is everyone just a bully? I think Or were his lion parents just, like, super smart? Um, in the canon for the new, like, animated show that they had for him, I believe he had a name um, that translated to garbage. Yikes! I'd rather have Scar. Yeah, I'd rather have Scar. Yikes! In A Tale of Two Brothers, Scar was once named Taka, meaning waste in Swahili. Oh, so. rude as hell. That's pretty rude. Uh, uh, Sarabi means mirage. Rafiki, friend. Pumba is a simpleton or weak-minded. Shenzi means barbarous, uncouth, uncivilized. Bonsai means to skulk or to lurk. Uh, Despite the fact that Zwadi is the Swahili word for gift, Nala's name does indeed also mean gift. So it's like gift or present, like two words of the same thing. Yeah. Um, Disney has a history of sneaking or being accused of sneaking inappropriate inappropriate images or uh, things like that into their uh, animated films. Um, so at one point, the dust from Simba to Rafiki yeah. uh, spells out sex. And Disney, Supposedly. yes, allegedly spells out sex, and Disney animators have actually said that it's supposed to be SFX um, to like acknowledge all the hard work that the special effects, the special team effects, and that worked the, on that scene. Yeah, put into the movie. So it was kind of kind of funny that they were trying to be like, oh no no no, no it was this, <laughs> when they kind of have a history that 
shows otherwise. Oh, all the they did not use any real lion roars for the movie. It was all done by one man. I don't remember his name. Trashcan Joe. <laughs> That's not his name. But they wanted specific roars for each of the each lions. Lion, yeah. So they're like, no, we are going to hand make this stuff because we don't want no, like, regular lion stuff. Yeah. Keep get that out of here. It's true. They brought in lions for the animators to draw off of, and I would have loved to do that. Yeah. Put me in a room with a lion, and I will draw the fuck out of it. <laughs> if anyone knows where I can get a lion. Just kidding. <laughs> We're good with our cat. <laughs> He's yeah. all the lion we can handle in mm. his like, three-pound body. is a jerk. <laughs> Sick burn, Johnson. Sick burn. You're like the most chill Got cat him. I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> He's pretty cool. He's a dope cat. This, this has come become a uh, podcast about my animals, mm-hmm. and I'm here for it. um as always if you like the video please like and subscribe leave a comment down below tell us what movies we should do next find us on social media (laughs) at jekyll studios all of the social medias that's all of them yeah facebook instagram twitter 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 (laughs) twitter Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Jekyll Studios, J-E-C-L-L Studios. Um, our Patreon will be in the description below. Yeah, follow us there. Leave comments and all that fun stuff. Like and subscribe. Make I'll sure to hit stuff. the notification bell. Oop, sorry. She's going to put stuff. Yep, there's going to mm. be stuff on the screen. Like and, like and subscribe. Mm-hmm. And subscribe and like. Do both. Missing anything? Next movie? Fucking goddamn! <laughs> we will continue the next movie train with Ty's favorite movie, Blade Runner, Boop-boop. starring Harrison Ford and Rutger Hauer, directed by Ridley Scott. Boop-boop. Sci-fi classic. So be on the lookout for that. We should have that up in the next week or so. But by the time you watch this, who knows? It might be like the next day. You don't know. <laughs> we'll have it up for you soon. Uh, Thanks for watching, and as always, remember who you are.